Hey everyone, it's Adam DeGrade. Big news, David versus Goliath. Shop on the David vs. Goliath podcast.com website. Get your iPhone covers, your cups, even cups like this. Check it out. A lot of fun. Support the show. Show off your swag. We really appreciate it. On to the episode. Coming up today on David versus Goliath. If you don't like working, you, I can teach you to. You are the only one that can bring sexy back in your business. <laughs> you know it's one of the best podcasts in the world. Welcome to today's episode of David vs. Goliath, a podcast dedicated to helping small businesses leverage technology to not only help them compete against their large competitors, but win. Your host is currently the CEO of Anthem Business Software, a free-time Inc. 500 recipient and a serial entrepreneur with a passion to help small businesses everywhere find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. Please join me in welcoming your host, Adam DeGrade. Hey everyone, it's Adam DeGrade with another episode of David vs. Goliath podcast, where we champion the small business and we feature their stories, their tips, and the tricks on how they're taking on their giants and winning in their respective markets. Well, today we have Kurt Kempton from Responsibid, who's going to be on the podcast coming up in a few minutes. And it's going to be a great interview. I found out about this software from a vendor that I actually used recently, and I thought it would be great to bring it to my watchers and my listeners. Today's episode is brought to you by Anthem Software, where you can find, serve, and keep more customers profitably with their all-in-one solution built specifically for small businesses of software, marketing, and consulting to help you find, serve, and keep more customers profitably Visit AnthemSoftware.com to learn more and take the 122nd video tour. You can visit us online at DavidVSGoliathPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to receive our email newsletters, and you can also apply to be on the podcast. We've recently featured some amazing businesses who have gone through that application process, got accepted, and have been recently featured on DVG, so go check them out a few weeks ago. Anyway, we're really excited about today. And the other thing, I don't know if you noticed, I'm wearing the DVG shirt, which is also on our store. And that's pretty cool too. And to remind you really quick, my book is out. It's a children's book. It's called The Adventures of Jackson, the Young Field Mouse. It teaches kids about bravery, gratitude, and the value of listening, paying attention to details. You can find that on Barnes and Noble, and you can also find that on amazon.com. Well, with no further ado, Kurt, Welcome to the David versus Goliath podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Adam. I'm so glad to have you. I actually wanted to interview you. I met your company through being a customer of one of your clients. Um, I, I hired a pressure washer to come and do my house. He came over, he walked around, did a video. I said, I need a quote. Quotes are hard to get, as you know, from service providers, hence the reason why you built the software. Although that evening, I had this professional text message sent to me. I clicked on it, had this beautiful link, the video, everything was well organized. And I called him, I said, Alex, I said, I've got to interview the guy who's building this company because I thought it was so well done. Being someone who builds software myself, um, I always admire simple and well thought out software. And it definitely looked like you had that in response a bid. 
So for the watchers yeah. and the listeners of David versus Goliath, tell them a little bit about what Responsibit is, and then we're going to back into how you got involved in doing it. Sure. Responsibit is uh, basically we call it a sales funnel automation that sits on top of most people's CRM. So everybody who has a home service company knows that they've got a piece of software where they keep their customers and they do their invoicing. They got a calendar, all their employees live in there, and it's got all the, all the bells and whistles to run the operation. The problem with most of that software is, is that it doesn't really curate a very great customer experience. Um, or at least it doesn't even really attempt to curate that. It's not that it's making a bad customer experience, but most estimates that you would generate in that type of software is what I call ultimatums, uh, ultimatum estimates. They basically say, oh, you want your house pressure washed? It's either $600 or you don't do business with me at all. Like that's basically what the estimate looks like. Do you agree to it? Um, we don't believe that's how people buy. And we've tried to curate an experience that either your sales reps out in the field can use, same exact system you can use over the phone if that's your speed, or we even allow it to be installed on your website so that customers can actually take themselves through the process. You know how it is, like 10 o'clock at night, you just realized, oh, I got to get this something done. You know that when you, even when you're Googling, you know you're going to leave voicemails for people that hopefully will call you back. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. They've got forms on their site that you can fill out and give your name and email and request a quote. But really what people want in that moment is to know how much will it cost and how soon can we do it? So our software integrates with the uh, CRM that they're already using in order to sort of to build that front end experience for the sales rep or the customer themselves to sort of get, uh, do you want A, B or C scenario? and get that customer to take that mental baggage that they've got in their brain and book the job and and know that they're getting the right job done. Yeah, it was it was interesting because when I got the quote, um, it basically came through and said, you know, you can have this option, A, B, or C. You could request one of the three other ones. I didn't notice if there was any like, you know, revise or suggestions, or I, I didn't really pay too close attention. I just accepted. I don't even remember which one I you know, accepted. And then I, I believe I even fulfilled the uh, the ability to pay for it um, at some point in, in time, also through the software, whether it was a CRM or your software. I'm not too sure, but I was very fascinated with how professional it made this this company that I know was a relative startup look. And and as David versus Goliath, like somebody who has passion for helping small business, who builds CRM for small business myself, always looking for new functionality and features to add into that software. I really love what you did. And this is birthed out of, uh, you know, it's not like you have a massive software background. You know, I was reading on the pre-show sheet right here and my formerly <laughs> nicotine stained hands. Uh, which are not nicotine, by the way. That was many, many years ago. I stole that line from the the late great Rush Limbaugh. Um, was the fact that you you graduated from ASU, you were in the service business yourself. You built it, you sold it in 2014, and then started Responsibit. Is that an accurate, quick assessment? And for the listeners and watchers, tell them a little bit about your journey. Of I'm always curious. Like, what did you go to college for? Are you doing what you went to college for? Oh crap! Yeah, so, this, so the, be, yeah. this is what I'm. These are these are interesting questions because my buddy Tim Sawyer, he has a podcast where he interviews people that look for alternatives to the four year college education because the vast majority of people who get the four year degree 
never really end up using it in some cases. And then there's, they're in a lot of debt and all these different things. So you went to ASU, you graduated from ASU. Is responsibid responsible for your college education or your life experience? <laughs> life experience for sure. Yeah, I, so I graduated, I had two kids. So I got married halfway through college. We had two kids by the time I graduated from ASU's business school and I got the outstanding graduating student award. Nice. So, nice. My, well, well, I wasn't going to walk even cuz I'm busy with the family and I'm trying to start a bike shop at the time. So I didn't have I didn't even get um a robe or anything for it, but they called me up and they're like you need to be at the graduation. And I'm like, "Ah, it's all right. I'll be all right." And they're like, "No, you don't understand. You got to be there." So I ended up borrowing my sister's <laughs> my my wife's sister's robes because she graduated from ASU too. Oh, um, that's nice. Showed that, up and found out, oh, I'm winning an award. Yeah, it like came to like my like waist. It, like, <laughs> the, the it was like a going. kilt. It was anyway. more like a kilt than anything. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I wore pants underneath it, but yeah, it would have been pretty sketchy. So when I uh, when I show up to the graduation, I get this award. We're, we're on our way home and my wife is like, man, that's so cool. You must like, we're going to be rich, aren't we? <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, baby, you're, you're a lucky girl. <laughs> but the next day, um, after graduation, I was working on setting up a bike shop. That's what I thought I was going to be doing. And, uh, went through college with that whole intent the whole time. I was racing mountain bikes and, um, and road bikes and all that stuff. And that was what I thought I wanted to do. And I realized really early on with the two kids that every weekend retail was just not going to work for me. Um, so I read a book called Millionaire Mind and um, and actually Millionaire Next Door and Millionaire Mind are the same author, but essentially it's just a bunch of surveys of millionaires that points out that the people who become millionaires are people who do things that nobody else wants to do. Um, everyone thinks that it's movie stars and athletes, but in reality, like firemen and junkyard operators are like the number one millionaires in the world. So the thing that just kept coming to my mind was, Number one, I don't want to work retail. Number two, I want to have to go home when the sun goes down so I can be with the family. Like that's what I'm trying to build. And um, and I just kept getting this phrase, we don't do windows. I don't do windows. I just kept thinking about that phrase. And I thought, well, if I'm going to go where nobody else is, that's what I'm going to do. So my wife was quite shocked when I told her that I was switching gears, but uh, it was the best thing for my family. And I realized in that business, the business you said that I sold, I sold it in 2014, but I started responsible in 2011. I started with, you know, that you, you've heard of Infusionsoft, haven't you? Oh, totally. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So I was one of their first customers with my window cleaning company. Um, I was in with them really early and a guy in my neighborhood was their webmaster. Oh, wow. So I, yeah. So I was already using their software to run the automations for like follow-up emails and stuff. But I'm like watching Amazon.com and this eBay thing. They're just taking off and they're doing amazing things. People are just trying to buy stuff online. And I kept getting all these forms that would come in from my website requesting a quote. And then by the time I would get back to them, they'd already gone with someone else. So I uh, I met with the webmaster of Infusionsoft. And at the time, they were allowed to do uh, side work. That, that ended up getting kiboshed about halfway through my first project with them. But... Um, we, we built an online web form that could automatically give a quote and it was really rudimentary, but I'll tell you what, that changed everything. And from that point forward, I knew my passion 
wasn't really in that window cleaning world. That's when everything shifted. That My passion was about automating gorgeous systems that makes it possible for business owners to actually enjoy the life that they've set out for when they started their business. It's awesome. And from there, from there, I, I, I did chase two rabbits for a while. Between 2011, 2014, I was running both businesses, trying to figure out what's going on in software. My college degree had stopped helping me about three days after I graduated. It didn't, I, I didn't even know what kind of entity to set up. Adam, I didn't know if I no, was they don't an teach you. an they, F-Corp or what. Is, and this is the problem, right? This is the problem. Like they don't teach yeah. you, like where do you incorporate for the best tax benefits? I had no idea. Yeah. I had How, no idea. What, what structure should you have to protect your assets and to minimize your tax burden? Like, I have no idea. Simple things. Yeah. They don't teach you. Yeah. You know what else I didn't know? I didn't even know how to set monthly goals and budgets for a brand new business. So what I mean, the heck are they I teaching us? I didn't know how to tie my shoes. It's crazy. As as so you have two kids. You're in college. You're running a bike shop. And I think you alluded to the fact that we don't do windows. You said, I'm going to do windows. Yeah. Am I right? Am I right in saying that? Yeah. And so your business from a service contractor perspective was, hey, all these bozos don't want to do your windows. No big deal. I love windows. And, and then you figured out how to stop losing quotes, save yourself some time and energy, met some sharp cats along the way. That is awesome. Yep. Well, and the other thing was, is that in the window cleaning world, there's an association called the International Window Cleaning Association, IWCA. And I realized, actually it was Clayton Mask. I was at a, uh, I was at a uh, focus group. It was actually being run by, um, at the time, I believe it was Scott Martineau that was running that meeting. So they're like co-founders, but he was trying to figure out product stuff and Clayt walks into the room and he goes, Hey guys, um, I'm excited to hear you guys are doing this thing today, but I got a quick question before you get started. Tell me about company culture. And so they're going around the room and basically I'm in the room with a bunch of like really high-end people, so to speak. Like there's real estate agents. There's a person running a chiropractic office. There's a dental office manager there. Um, basically just like people who weren't running window cleaning companies. How about that? All right. So I'm sitting at this table he goes around the table and he's like, what do you guys do for company cultures? Like the first person was like, yeah, we, we give everybody one day off a week. We just work Monday through Thursday and we let them spend th Friday, Saturday, Sunday with their families. And I remember at the time I had a helper. So I remember thinking, wow, that's pretty cool. But the next person was like, we, uh, we actually rent a cabin up in the woods for uh, two weeks a year. And we just let all the families come up and use this cabin and do this thing. And and I'm like, oh, wow. And now I'm starting to feel like one of these things doesn't belong in the in the room. And I'm starting to scratch my head thinking, what am I going to say? I'm trying to think of like a, a story I could yeah, tell. Some sort. Can hey, I give my guys fresh, clean towels to, <laughs> to rinse off the windows. Is that? That's about where I was and at. I, but, but I have it engraved with their name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I could embellish the truth, maybe. But that was the thing. I, um, I... As it's coming around to me, it gets to the part where the next person up is like, hey, we uh, we send everyone to Disneyland with their families for for a week. And and I'm what I'm hearing is, in my own mind, the way I'm processing it is, we have a rocket ship and we send people to Mars. And we do things like this is so out of the realm of possibility for me that I'm I feel like completely like an idiot. So when it gets to me and I wish that the world would open up and just suck me inside and I don't have to answer this question. Um, my hands are sweating and I feel so stupid 
And I just looked at Clay and I didn't know what else to say. I said, uh, <laughs> I said, well, my business, it's not sexy like all these other businesses. But, and I said, but, and he cut me off. He's, and he just like, <clears throat> like everything just got quiet. The whole room got quiet. Clay's looking across the You table said the wrong thing. I said the wrong, and I didn't know what I had said. I was like, whatever I said, how can I get it back in my mouth? Yeah, exactly. This, <laughs> and I was already, I was already nervous, but now I've got the CEO of Infusionsoft, puts his hands down on the conference table, does the whole chest resting in the shoulders, shoulder blade thing. He's staring across the table at me. It feels like his nose is about to touch mine. I know there's a whole table between us, but I'm so embarrassed and nervous. And he says, he looks at everyone else at the table. And this is, this was so embarrassing. He looks at everyone and he's like, I've got this. And I'm like, what does he have? What did I say? Did I say something wrong? He said, he looks at me and he takes one hand off the table and he points it right at me. And he says, shame on you. Mm. Shame on you. If you don't think your business is sexy, who are you waiting to make your business sexy? Are you waiting for maybe your employees? Maybe your employees will step up and make your business sexy for you. Or, or maybe your customers. Are you waiting for your customers to make your business? And I could feel the tears starting to well up in my eye. I was so nervous, embarrassed. I, I felt like this is the worst thing that could possibly happen to me. But what he said after that, it just changed everything for me. He said, he said, if you can't make your business sexy because that's your right as an entrepreneur, then you need to go do something else. Yeah, no because doubt. This is your job. That's right. And, and, and you know, it's funny. I got I to gotta take a break here pretty soon. But what I love about that story is you are the only one that can bring sexy back in your business. <laughs> There's nobody else that's bringing sexy back but you, my man. And that's so he's right. got the chest. Right. I love that, man. And he's profound, by the way, because he yeah. can't love your business more than you can. And for the watchers and listeners, this is a profound moment. Do you love your business more than anybody else? Because if you don't, nobody else will. Now, we're going to take a message from our corporate sponsor, Anthem, Anthem Software. We'll be right back. Anthem Business Software System is designed to specifically help small businesses just like yours find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. We do this by providing you with the most powerful software, automations, and marketing services to help your business compete and win in this ever-changing digital world. Take a short video tour at AnthemSoftware.com. with Kurt Kempton, who's bringing sexy back to the quoting system in the service industry. Now, uh, Kurt, is it true that not only was it important for you to see that your business is sexy, but that the software is truly powered by Dunder Mifflin? Um, and and the, uh, uh, Michael Scott has been your CTO and your chief programmer, clearly because of the Dunder Mifflin world's best bidder. Uh, obviously, you've been inspired by the episode. Is this true that uh, Dunder Mifflin has been powering your software for all these years? And <laughs> I, you know, it's so funny. I, I just had this instinct that I you got, have these I things. All right, guys, for the watchers and listeners, I swear, the only thing I saw in the back was a Dunder Mifflin book. But I, my instincts told me that there was going to be other Dunder Mifflin things. If, as a matter of fact, I'm showing uh, the watchers and, and the viewers right now 
upstairs in my game room at my house, I have a wall of my favorite um, sitcoms. Seinfeld, The Office, in yeah. Arrested yeah. Development. Oh, so a, so uh, the viewers and the watchers are looking at that right now. But no, I'm just kidding. So Kurt, you know, Kurt, when it comes to response a bit and you think about that lesson you learned from the CEO yeah. of Infusionsoft, you know, and then you went on to your soldier company, you decided you were going to build yeah. software to help your businesses like the one you sold. You yeah, didn't do it I alone. Mean, Hold on. You didn't do this alone. No. And you, and that, you left that meeting saying to yourself, I got to get a fire inside of me. I got to see my world differently. And then yeah. you probably brought some people along. So how did you prepare yourself to make sure that there was passion and belief in response a bid that would translate to your partners and investors going forward? Well, what I, what I learned was is that if, if you think that you can just go out and, and build a business for yourself that your customers will just fall in love with, then you're going to be really sad and disappointed for the whole rest of your life. The business exists. So this company exists to bless people. That's employees and customers. Those are the people that, but, but people don't exist for your business. And I had been going at about it all wrong. Um, the reason that responsibility exists is because for the following that conversation, the following four years, responsibility has voted the most professional image of any window cleaning company in the world. And it was because we kept building systems to be a customer service company that happens to do windows. You, you know, it's funny. We, that, it's funny that you say that. And I got to stop you right now because this is firing me up. <laughs> this is a wall. Oh, I should probably not show people my credit card numbers, but this is a, this is a wallet that I would carry around and I would mm -hmm. go give speeches to salespeople around the country and business owners. And I would say the moment that you care more about this than your prospective client and customer, right? Is the moment this is empty. Yeah. Yep. And I would do, and I literally, so this is, I'm not kidding. This would be in a room of thousands of people. Kurt, I would literally say, so, and I'd throw it down in front of him and my cards in cash would scatter. And I'd say, don't pick them up, leave it right where it is. And I would go for another 20 minutes of my talk it wouldn't pick it up until the end. Because what you just said is so true. If you care yeah. more about that, yeah. it'll always be empty. But if you care yeah. about your clients, your customers and your prospects, my wallet has always been full. And yeah. it doesn't mean you don't, you don't think about money and that we don't care about money. But if that's your primary motivation, you know, are there people that can do that and get away with it and get money? Yeah. But, you know, that's like, that's like you know, what what is it? What good is it if it, you profit the whole world and lose your soul, right? That's what I was just at the say, end of the you, at, at the end of the day. It's stuff. It's stuff. Money is stuff. Yeah. House is stuff. People and relationships and legacies are passed on through humanity, and it's not what we own. There's nothing we can take with us. It's what we leave behind, and that comes with our influence in our teaching of people. That's fantastic, Kurt. Kudos yeah. to you. Well, I think that's where that's where the thing is, is that people people start to get a little bit of success with the money and they start to to give all of the praise to to how great their company is. When in fact it's it was never due to anything other than how successful were you at providing value to your customers and your employees. I mean when you said I didn't do it alone, the fact is is that uh, and I think I can do it without being emotional because I don't have a picture of them in front of me. But if you start crying, have, if you start crying, I'm gonna have to put a little have my producer put a little 
teardrop on the top corner. So hold it together. <laughs> keep it together. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm you, a, you do whatever I'm you need to do. I'm a I wish I wasn't. The thing is, is that the people who work for me are so good, so much better at what they do than I could be, than I even would attempt to be. They have built this empire that I've responsibid because they're as excited about the crusade as I am. That's awesome. And the reason is, is because we know what value we provide to our customers and they know that the company exists not just to bless our customers, but we are looking for opportunities to help. And, and if you've read The Dream Manager, you kind of get my, my feeling here is that the idea is, is that this company exists to help my employees reach their dreams. And they do it via software that helps their customers to reach their dreams. You know, so, I, want, I want to encourage yeah. you, Kurt, because, um, you know, this this is your first probably like big software opportunity and, and potentially high, you know, future exit because of the value you're bringing. You're going to be amazed at how many entrepreneurs you're mentoring right now and they will go on to do great things, in some cases bigger and better than you. And because yeah. I have, my gosh, I can think of at least 15 to 20 people that have worked alongside with me in my first three businesses that are, you know, multimillionaires today with their own businesses. And that, yeah. and that is rewarding, man, right? Because it's, you're not, you're not just affecting their lives, you're affecting their future employees' lives, their future employees' families' <laughs> lives. And when you, you oh, know, if you, have a, if you have a company of 50 people, you're impacting 1,000 people. If you have a company of 100 people, you're impacting 10,000 people. I mean, it's just, you don't really realize it when you're in it, but the moments of clarity come when you realize why you're in it and you're in it for the right reasons. And so I, I love the fact that you get teared up because I can see the passion in you. You're obviously a kindred spirit. I'm, I guess I'm a, I guess I've gotten a little bit more emotional as the year's gone on, but I definitely have an attitude of gratitude and it makes all the difference in the world. What does your team look like right now? I mean, is it how big is it? I mean, you don't have to get into the numbers if if it's relatively small. Yeah. But even no, we, we have uh, we actually just hired our twelfth employee. That's awesome. Plus we have uh, developers overseas. We've got um, five developers overseas. We're actually trying to hire four more. So um, just as fast as we can. We're this has been a gangbuster last couple of years. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Now, do you have like, a, do you have a marketing feel, manager? Do you have like a marketing director or anybody anything like that or? Yep, we have, uh, so actually just hired, it was a great catch. We just hired a gal from another CRM that um, things weren't working out of that CRM and for whatever reason she went on the market. And I, as soon as I heard she was on the market, I just snatched her up, man. That's great. And it's exciting. Like It's called defective just, capitalism. <laughs> well, you know what's great is that she, when I reached out, I said, hey, I heard you on the market. She's like, do you have a position open? I'm like, well, that's funny you would ask. I was, I was just calling. She said, it is oh exciting, God, by the way. It's, I'll tell you, you're going on a great ride because, you know, uh, I always tell people that I glaze over around 50 employees. Like, you know, once my companies get to about 50 employees, I start to, you know, walk around like this. You'll experience that. And yeah. uh, enjoy it. It's a beautiful place your business is at right now. And, uh, and, you know, the key is relationships. You're so right. Like, the core group of people that are with you right now can be with you at the end. And it can be yeah. very uh, rewarding and fulfilling for everyone that's involved. Now, how do you how do you get the word out to prospective clients? I mean, are you doing like AdWords and social media and and SEO? Well, I mean, of, what are some of the things that you're doing in your business to do that? 
So we, we've tried AdWords and Facebook ads and it kind of fell on our face. I do think that with our new marketing manager, we're probably going to learn things we didn't know that, that might open that back up. But affiliates have been our biggest thing because everyone knows they need a CRM, but it seems like there's no, I can't find any search volume for sales funnel or customer self scheduling or intelligent quoting or package pricing for the service industry. We're not getting any search volume for the keywords that we actually need to be for. So there's a little bit of an element of education that people need. Oh, that makes sense because the buyer doesn't realize they need it. Yeah. So they're not even looking for it. Yeah. We have a technology that's incredibly cool that I wish people were searching for. I thought it would happen. You know, if you build it, they will come, which is a joke. Um, But we built this technology that basically reads the calendar of a CRM. And then when a customer goes to schedule themselves, our technology will figure out which of the employees are capable of doing it, how fast they can do it, who works together. And then it offers the customer the best drive time available times without blowing the day out um, out of uh, whack uh, capacity wise. So it takes all these algorithms in. It's uh, it's incredibly great for people who like, for example, have a, a call center that doesn't even know how to give quotes or schedule. They can just enter the numbers in a response bid, get the price, good, better, best options. The customer chooses the option. They're offered five dates, they schedule it. And now there's only three minutes of drive time with the perfect crew that doesn't go over. And it's this really cool technology and no one is doing any searches for customer self-scheduling, probably because they think that it's an art that can't ever be done via data. And um, and so I'm, I'm hoping for the day that there's search volume and we can actually do an AdWord on that because I think people will like, have their minds blown. Yeah, well if, it, well, if there is search volume, you'll be there because you're, you're one of the ones that helped create it. That's amazing, yeah. man. So listen, we got to take another break from another sponsor. But when we come back, I do want to talk to you about a few things. I want to talk to you about your family. Because I, okay. I, I clearly, I can sense that you're a family guy. Uh, and, yeah. and, that, and so am I. And so I'd love to hear about your family. Some uh, pet peeves you might have. Some hobbies you might have. Things you collect. And then we're going to transition into some advice that we can give people that are trying to start their own businesses. Or maybe struggling. Or maybe getting ready to exit their business. Some advice as well too. So uh, you're with Kurt and Adam. This is the David versus Goliath podcast. You know it's one of the best podcasts in the world. Where are you going to get content like this? Nowhere but here on DVG. Here's another message from another sponsor. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. At King 16, our agency has done some exciting things over the years. We've designed and built amazing experiences for customers and launched several vehicles for Audi and Porsche. We've thrown extravagant parties inside whiskey distilleries and featured amazing products for brands like Ray-Ban and Fossil. We booked some incredible talent and designed cutting-edge stages for those performances. We even threw a red carpet gala in the middle of nowhere on a horse farm with hundreds of celebrities, which was difficult. I guess you could say we've done some amazing things for our brands and partners. Now the only question is, what will King 16 do for you? Find out at king16.com. That's king, S-I-X-T-E-E-N.com. And we're back 
for the final segment with Kurt. Kurt, it's been so much fun having you on here. And, uh, you know, when I was reading this, you know, I think you said, do you collect anything? And uh, you said, yes, kids. (laughs) (laughs) I have have two sets of children. 27-year-old boy, 25-year-old daughter, who has just made me a grandfather to Colton. Well, congratulations. Yeah, my good brand new grandfather about a, less than three weeks at this point when the recording's being done. Probably a month and a half to almost two months when it's actually going to air. Um, and then I have a two-year-old grandson. I have a six-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. And so you collect kids, I collect kids, and, uh, <laughs> and they're, they're amazing. There's no greater joy in the world than having children that love you and that you love them. And uh, uh, yeah. it, it's amazing. Unless they melt down in an airplane, then you then you try to hand them <laughs> off to the person in front of you or behind you. <laughs> my We're th- past that stage, brother. My, my, my three-year-old that. just melted down uh, yesterday on the way back from Key West. It was pretty funny. But anyway, tell the listeners a little bit about your family dynamic. You've been married for a while, obviously. You got married in college, you said. Uh, how many kids yep. do you have? So I have four kids. I've been married 21 years. Uh, my oldest daughter is uh 19 years old and uh like that's crazy to say um uh, i've got a 17 year old son i've got a seven uh 17 14 and 10 year old sons so three three boys one girl so your, your girl is is she out is she still home or she's still home but she met the guy that uh has really interested her so Things look like they are starting to pick up towards that marriage road. So my eldest daughter, sure by the way, my eldest daughter got engaged at 19 and tried to get married at 19. I begged her. I said, <laughs> just make it to 20. So we compromised. We made it to like two weeks before she turned 20. So, uh, and I was an <laughs> absolute. I got married. I was such Rachel a basket case at the wedding, her. Kurt. I was like, my legs were shaking. They had to bring a fan in to put it on my face. They're like, Dad, are you going to be okay? I'm like, no. No, I'm not. <laughs> How do I recover I don't, from this? No, but the weird thing happened, man. As soon as the lady said, it's time, like this peace came over me, oh, and I walked my daughter down the aisle to this amazing guy who I love uh, and is a great son-in-law and, uh, and a great father. And what a blessed man I am. So you're getting close to that. I mean, how do you feel about that? That's kind of... I, I would like that comfort very much that you're talking about. You're not going to get it right now. <laughs> it's way probably way too early for that. But oh, um, man, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll, hey, listen, you know, life's a journey, but that's amazing. So you got four beautiful children. And yeah, do any, and of, them, any of them work in the so business? Different. Have they ever tried to intern in the business or? So funny you say that. My oldest daughter, she actually is our UX designer. She works with, uh, she's going to college as, you know, for UX design, but she does all of our user tests and um, like wireframing development. And she brings everything to prototype through Figma. I, you're probably familiar with Figma. Yeah, totally. And so she's actually the one that builds the look and feel. She she does. Now she just took that job over a couple of years ago. Yeah. That is that is special. That's really special. It really is. Now the funny thing is is that I'm not her boss. That's the craziest part is that she works under the CTO. Yeah. She doesn't work under me. So like we work together but like we talk about work over dinner and she But like, you can still tell the boss when she's not name. working. You can still say, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, listen, she's on Instagram. She ain't designing yeah. anything." <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I could totally bust her job. I mean, but the thing is, is that she warns me about what's going to happen in my development meeting the next day. She's like, oh, you're going to love what happened today. Oh, that's so, good, though. That's really great. What a great dynamic to have. My wife is my CFO and um, of our personal life, all of our different businesses, our foundation. It is a blessing to be able to work with family and and yeah. keep that uh, keep that relationship. That truly is a a mom and pop feel. See, the crazy thing about yeah. people is that companies come in all shapes and sizes, right? And small businesses range from a solopreneur all the way to five hundred employees. But you never lose sight of the most important things. Now, what do you guys do for fun? Do you have any? Do you have any hobbies personally, or is your hobby just working like a freak? And I mean, it, <laughs> I I have buddies of mine that literally that's what they do. They work. That's so. And I, I have I other like buddies of mine that don't home. work. <laughs> yeah, if you don't, if you don't like working, you, I can teach you to. I I like working with my mind all week, but on the weekends, we have a we have a property out in the middle of the desert, and um, so I've usually got a pickaxe, or I'm driving a tractor, or I'm I'm doing something else. Now, do you wear a cowboy hat when you drive the tractor, or is it a baseball cap? I, it well, I I do baseball cap days, but when it's a big full sun day, I'm a cowboy hat kind of guy. That's great. I'm going to be throwing a cowboy hat on pretty soon. Uh, this summer, I've got a whirlwind tour that we're doing, and I'm going to be a city slicker. And uh, ah, where and are you going? Uh, I, you know, I don't want to. This a the national podcast, so <laughs> we'll uh, <laughs> we'll just say I'm going a bunch of different places, and people will find out about it when I get back. So it's okay. uh, but it's I'm definitely throwing on my cowboy boots and my cowboy hat. I got this really cool. Actually, I'll show a picture of me right now. Here's a picture of me and my cowboy hat to my watchers. Check that out. Look at that <laughs> bad boy hanging out there. Not too bad as a cowboy with a leather jacket on, but uh, yeah, I can see you out there on oh. a tractor riding around having fun. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome building stuff. Just. I love working on my hands. I love uh, I love cutting stuff with saws and building, just building stuff. So that's a that's basically how I rest. I and and I love doing it with my kids. I love working with my kids. Now I've got one kid that um, he loves snakes and animals and and killing stuff with his bare hands. So when we're out working, I'm afraid of snakes myself. So when we're out working, I feel a little more comfortable when I know that I've got a kid who will like walk right up to a snake and like just like, first of all, he knows if it's poisonous by looking. And then secondly, he knows he like picks it up. He'll like cut it and skin it and make a hat band out of it. <laughs> well, my idea is not chopping things up. My idea is tickling the ivories and playing some guitars, oh, as you oh. can see. Well, I see a drum behind you, a drum set. Yeah, yeah, I got guitars, drums, keys. Yeah. Um, beautiful piano. It's a, it's awesome, man. It really is cool. Now, oh, that's awesome. courage. You know, it's no accident that you have your own business. You sold one previous. It takes courage to do that. Where did you get the courage from? <laughs> it's funny. So I, I think I, I got the courage from my back up against the wall. I, I knew when I was operating in the wind, when I was in college and I was working at a bike shop, managing a bike shop. If anyone knows Mike's Bike Chalet, I used to work there and then focus cyclery. I learned that small business was an important thing for me, but you also know I was going to college and I had two kids and I had to figure out how to provide for them. And I kind of learned that, gosh, if I'm going to make something out of this, I got to, I got to go build something with my own two hands. So um, I, I think that I grew up in a house that was very, we were, we were poor and, and I say poor, not because we like we had we had a car and we had a house and I never worried that we weren't actually <laughs> I didn't worry too much about whether we we're going to eat or not. 
But just to give you an idea, when my kid, when my parents took me to Disneyland, I remember that 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 was a massive, massive deal. And I remember that when we got there, my aunt had, and I was already feeling so guilty that they were paying to, for me to go to Disneyland. But my aunt who was there said, he can't go to Disneyland in those shoes. His toes are sticking out. And I remember my parents taking me to go get, you know, Payless shoe short, Payless shoe source. Remember that? Yeah, I, I remember they went. I, and picked- I totally remember Payless. Doesn't it feel good to pay less? <laughs> right? Wasn't that the jingle? Yeah, like, I think so. Something I, like that. I just remember when I walked in there. I remember my parents were going to buy me shoes, and I cried the whole time, thinking, "I'm spending all their money on shoes. I could totally use the shoes I had. Why are we doing yeah, that's this?" That's crazy. So when I got married, um, I sort of had, I had the wrong idea about money. I, I, I viewed money as something very scarce, um, and. You know, things have changed a lot since then, but I think the courage sort of came from the fact that if there, if there's not that much money in the world, the only way I'm going to get it is if I start going out and getting it myself. And, um, I had the epiphany that, you know, if you work 50 weeks a year and you make $50 an hour working 40 hour weeks, that's a hundred thousand a year. And I think that that equation alone was enough for me to go, I can go get $50 an hour. I can do that's, that is not hard. I can do that. And then I realized that just because you're collecting $50 of revenue every hour doesn't mean you made $50 an hour. But, you know, it was a good jumping off point. And I think that having my back up against the wall and growing things and sort of like that story I told you about Clay Mask telling me that if you're going to build something that's great, it's got to come from you. And it just built in those courages came in layers. And to the point now where I just I honestly, this is something I'm still working on, Adam, but I honestly walk out my back door almost every day pinch myself that this is real and say, do I really deserve, like the people that work for me, do I really deserve, like, do they, what do these people find out that I'm an imposter? Clearly. And, and you just have to like, clearly you're it. an imposter. <laughs> you know? I'm making it up as I go, you know? Well, and most entrepreneurs do. Yeah. It, it, so I'm incredibly blessed and, I, and I've been able to sort of like patchwork all that courage together to sort of be who I am today. And I, like I said, I'm still working through you know, issues. But the fact is, is that I know that what I've been able to build up to this point is just a culmination of putting together incredibly smart people who are in- incredibly invested in the, the same crusade that I'm on. And we are absolutely kicking butt and taking names together. Dude, it's that so is, fun. That is so awesome, man. It has been so great having you on DVG. Have you had fun being on the podcast today? Absolutely. This is fun, man. Dude, it's awesome. I got to have you back on in about 18 months to hear the progress. How can people find you? Uh, if you go to responsibid.com, you can chat in and talk to me there. You can email me, Kurt, C-U-R-T, at symphasize.com. Spell S-Y-M- that, spell, yeah, I was gonna say, spell yeah. that for the, yeah. for the watchers and listeners. Yeah, S-Y-M-P-H-O-S-I-Z-E.com. You do not want me to name any companies for you. Um, between Responsibid and Symphasize, you guys leave the naming to yourselves, not me. Yeah, definitely, clearly. Man, Kurt, it has been <laughs> awesome having you on David versus Goliath. Another amazing episode is in the bag here on DVG, where you get education, inspiration, and most importantly, some great tips for activation. We'll see you next week. Have an awesome day.